Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Tuesday evening here, post Memorial Day. Hopefully, you guys had an amazing time with friends and family, barbecuing, doing all the things that you guys are choosing to do with your free time. Hopefully, you're eating real food and being active and having some fun, obviously, along the way. Um, but I want to get you guys out here really fast. It's got a ton of stuff going on this week, so it might be the only podcast I can drop. And, uh, selfishly i uh, i have some sled work to do I, I really have to go do some sled pushes and i really don't want to do them at the moment and so sometimes just hopping on the mic here and rambling on to you guys uh, is my own kick in the ass if you will to get uh, i guess in the right mindset to actually do the uh, miserable work that i have to do um but and blessed to be able to do it but sometimes i'm just like you guys i don't really want to go do the rough stuff uh it's much easier just if i could just head home uh eat a pizza and uh, watch a movie, but that's not going to happen, so uh, I'm here with you. So with that said, uh, today's podcast, I'm talking about things that sports, fitness, uh, you know, bodybuilding in general have taught me throughout my life and kind of shaped and molded who I am. I know we just did our last podcast on uh, childhood obesity and, uh, you know, the crisis and the epidemic that I believe it is in America today, and I think without physical activity, without physical education, without sports, uh, we're really doing kids and, and a huge disservice as they become adults. And uh, I'm not saying, you know, sports is for everyone, but we're all competitive uh, to some degree. And, and more so, we're competitive with ourselves and how we can push ourselves and grow. And being a young kid, I probably didn't realize at the time, but like playing sports um, taught me a lot of life lessons that were going to mold and shape the, the man that I am today. And uh, without athletics, without, you know, with basketball, football, baseball, you know, even the normal stuff we do like kickball, tetherball, rollerblading, you know, literally jumping on the trampoline, like swimming, just the, really the, the, the fundamentals of life, you know, how we run, we jump, we skip, we move, we breathe. Without doing those things, I, I wouldn't be this. You guys wouldn't obviously be talking to me. You won't be listening to me. Um, it created, you know, the character of the person who I was, not from just a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. And there's a lot of life lessons and truths in fitness and sports and bodybuilding that don't exist in like a political educational world for the most part because there's a lot of levels to things and I'll strip this down I'll make it as as simplistic as I can but I really do think it's important if you're a parent out there and whether your kid you know doesn't like maybe what you like getting them involved in some sort of physical activity I do believe is crucial for their development and I don't just mean the physical body that's obviously a huge piece of it and learning you know, about yourself, about what your body can do, but just for self-confidence, um, self-esteem, and then learning life lessons that they're, that really are translatable to everything else in the real world. And again, like I said, there's a lot of truths in sports and in fitness and in building up the physical body that uh, they can be learned in other places, but I think that's probably the best place for them to be learned. At least it was for me. And so I guess the things, as I dive into this, the things that sports and fitness and bodybuilding have taught me and embedded into me from a very, very young age um, the amount of dedication that it takes to be good at something, to uh, become past the novice level, to become intermediate, uh, to become good, to become you know great, to become excellent, to reach the level of mastery, which I think very few people do in anything. If you want to talk basketball, because that's you know uh, you know one of my passions growing up as a kid. I think if you're talking you know mastery of basketball, Michael Jordan uh, would be you know my best example of someone who's reached the pinnacle, reached a level of mastery. If you're talking baseball, I grew up. 
Uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, was the man, like reaching a level. I mean, when you watch him swing a baseball bat, the level of mastery, the amount of it, again, genetics are real. Uh, you know, having a dad who was in the major leagues is real, but watching him swing and how effortless he was, you know, and just running, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see and to watch. And to me, the amount of sacrifice, effort, and dedication it takes to reach that level is mind-blowing. And again, so for me to dedicate myself, you know, not just for, you know, for basketball, for baseball, for football, um, but to my team as well. Um, and if you ever want to succeed at anything in life, uh, you can't really half-ass it, you know. Uh, Ron Swanson is like, why half-ass one thing when you can whole-ass something? Uh, kind of his famous quote. But I believe that in dedicating yourself, you know, to being the best you can be, but for your coach, uh, for your teammates, and not just to make you better, but to make they make them better as well. I think dedicating yourself to a sport and to a goal makes you not only a better player and a better teammate, but it makes you a better person. And uh, what also, in, in that same context, what dedication teaches in sport and in fitness it teaches you guys a certain level of delayed gratification. I think that's probably one of the, the greatest skills that I personally have is I'm willing to put in the work for something when I can't see the promise yet. And I think that's, I don't want to say like millennials and I don't want to say like the younger generation because I see people old as shit who, who deal with the same thing. And I think that's kind of a cop out. Well, the younger generation, I'm like, well, if you're 57 saying that, like, you raised a asshole, like, no offense to anybody, but, like, if you're saying that to your younger kid or your younger son, I'm like, you're the, you're the one raising them and taking them through that. My point being is I think a lot of people struggle with delaying gratification for something. We want it now. Again, I've talked about this a million times. We're in a microwave culture, in a microwave world where we're not willing to just put it in a crock pot and just, you know, and take care of it and let it sit and stir it and move it and give it seven hours. We want it in seven minutes. And sports teaches that. It teaches a certain level of de delayed gratification that is inside that is the power of patience. Having a sense of urgency to get stuff done but being patient with the results. And what I mean is this. When you start playing sports like ages you know, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you're terrible. Even your kid, and no offense to anybody, if your kid, my kid's a great 10-year-old, he still sucks. He's 10. Like you're not, you're just not good yet. You haven't, you're not mature enough. You don't own your body yet. You don't own the movements. You haven't put in enough years, enough time to master the skills. But... Those are important foundational years where you you struggle through being uncoordinated. You struggle with not being able to use your right or left hand, with not getting your footwork perfect. You struggle with you know stumbling and falling and maybe not understanding all the rules and all the movement, but it takes time. And those formidable years are important. You know, age range training is real. It's why people who start off training at you know 12, 13, 14, 15 in fitness and lifting have such a huge advantage over the person who starts at training at 26. It's just reality. The point of me sharing that is. We have to be willing to do the work up front, even though we're not amazing, you know, just yet. But knowing that we're building a foundation that we can live on for the next 5, 10, 15, 25, 30, and 40 years. And sports taught me that. When I started off, I was terrible at everything. And now I had some natural athletic ability. I could always jump rather high, you know, for most kids of my age. And I was fast in terms of uh, like a first step and first of like a sprint. I'm not an endurance person, but that was always, I could jump high and I could run fast for, for short distances. And so, but even with that said, I wasn't skilled at swinging a baseball bat. I wasn't skilled at throwing a football. I wasn't skilled at dribbling and shooting a basketball. But you practice over time, over time, and you're willing to delay the gratification for something because you know the payoff's going to be real. So from a very young age, I realized, wow, I sucked in third grade, but by eighth grade, I was a little bit better. And by 10th grade, shit, I could actually really play. So it's like I took that same principle and applied it to my physical body and fitness. I'm like, I'm going to work out for the next year hard as shit every single day, and I'm probably not going to look that much different. But if I do it, 
two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, I'm actually going to look like I work out. And it's very hard for people to do that. And I think sports, if you can be conscious of it, even when you're young, you don't understand it. And I don't think I did either. But as you get older, you start to reverse engineer some of the things you've already accomplished and done in your life. And I always go back to sports because it, it taught me so many things. And it taught me you have to be self-dedicated and you have to be willing to delay gratification today for something that's going to pay off next season and the next season and the next season. Or maybe when you're a junior, when you're a senior, or if you get a scholarship and you go to college. And that's what I want to talk about when I say dedication. It's you guys doing it uh, you know, for yourself. Uh, it's that kind of internal uh, motivation, if you will, which I'll touch on in a second. But it's you being dedicated you know, for you. And nobody else. And nobody's making you do that. And I think that's the biggest thing when I say that self-dedication. Nobody's making you go practice on your own. Yeah, you're going to show up to team practice, and that's the bare minimum. But to me, it was always the guys who would stay, who would show up early, who would stay late, and the guys in the summertime who would put in the work. It's what you do in private, you get praised for in public. And that goes for fitness as well. For surely goes for the shit that you eat and how you train and how you sleep and how you take care of yourself. But in sports, for sure. It's not what you see on TV during the games. It's not what you see, you know, just during practice or just during a game. It's the things you're doing in private. It's the tens of thousands of hours when nobody's watching. And that's you becoming self-dedicated and self-motivated, knowing you're going to do something in June, July, August, September, October, that hopefully is going to show up in November and December. And you do that wash, rinse, repeat style over and over and over again. And fitness is the same way, you guys. It's what you do in private you're getting praised for in public, and it's you having to be self-motivated. And I took that, you know, from baseball, from basketball, from football. I applied it to my physical body and fitness. I applied it to my education. I applied it to my business now. And so all those same skills I learned from just playing sports, as simple as it is. The other thing I'll touch on as well, what I learned from sports, from fitness, bodybuilding in general uh, self-confidence, uh, for me specifically, and that's why we touched on the childhood obesity thing, you know, kids do get bullied, um, if they're overweight, if they're obese, if they don't have, if they can't self-identify with a certain social circle. And for me, uh, being what I like to call a hundred percent introvert, I'm a mutant. Funny enough that the, the podcast is just like the biggest driver of our business now in traffic. And it just blows my mind that, and I love you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it that you listen to me sit here and ramble on and interview people and, and, uh, if I provide you whatever value I do, I, I sincerely do thank you for that. It's it's almost comical to me uh, because I had no social skills, and I still really, I still really don't. Um, no social skills as a kid growing up. Didn't talk a lot. Uh, not super uh, verbal in leadership, which I'll skip on in a second. But the amount of self confidence I gained from sport uh, in myself, in knowing that I was becoming better at something that I had put the work in that I had practiced at something and that I had became better and nobody gave it to me. It's just, I am the one who did the work. I did the drills. I show up to the camps. I went to practice. I played in the games. I simulated the game situations. I mentally thought about playing before I ever played. It instilled a confidence in me and not just in myself, but knowing that other people, that coaches and all my other teammates had confidence in me, built me up to the person I am today. Without sports and that, I don't know where I would be. I don't think I would have this, un, I don't want to say it's like an unreal belief in myself or this unreal confidence in myself that I can do things because I know what I suck. I also have self-awareness. I know what I suck at. I know what I'm not good at. But playing sports and whether, you know, and to be winning and, and becoming better uh, and improving year after year after year built the confidence in me that I could do other things in life. And I always sucked at school and I was fucking terrible at it. And I hated everything outside of basically P.E., 
and I could handle art, like painting and drawing. So basically for me, school was like just the fun shit. And I hated everything else because I was bad at it um, without having PE in school. And that's why I touched on it in the other podcast with kids. I would really suffer today in the ecosystem that is going on for a lot of people. If there was not PE in school, I don't know if I'd make it through you guys. I'm being completely honest. If there was not like art and PE, I would suffer because it basically I'd be showing up to a place where I'm bad at everything. Um, I would have no friends because there's no camaraderie. I'm not good at anything that we're doing in school. So I'd be looked at as like, I'm the kid who sucks and he's terrible. And I'm always like, you know, the bottom of the barrel class wise, but being awesome in PE and accelerating and being athletic and being an athlete gave me an identity, gave me something to self-identify with, but also gave me friends. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing I'm driving at is giving me the self-confidence, giving other people, Hey, Jeremy's good at sports. We can use him for this. And like, that's where all my friends came from. I did not have a single friend, you guys, um, outside of athletes in high school and in college. I really don't think I can name one right now off the top of my head. Every single person I knew was because I played sports and because they knew I played sports and because I was good. And that's what built up the, the person I am today. The other thing I'll touch on that sports specifically taught me as a kid, like leadership, um, and again, I'm not, I was not a huge, way less verbal than I am now. Um, so not a, a, a leader by words, but a leader by example. And I always wanted to be a person who inspired somebody else, you know, both on and off the field by the way I carried myself and the way that I lived my life. And obviously I made a, a shit ton of mistakes and I fucked up a lot. And, um, that's part of the process too. I think that's, that's uh, the great thing about sports and, and fitness and life teaches you, um, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to, you know, you're never going to probably have a perfect game. You're never going to probably have a perfect practice or a perfect season, but you learn from those things. And what sports taught me to do is kind of just rise up and become a person who could lead by example of doing the right things, both before the game, during the game and after the game. Um, and I, it learned the leadership quality of if I show that I'm working hard, if I can be driven, if I can push myself and other people see that, they're probably willing to do the same thing. And that's why I was saying I'm a practitioner. Um, I don't just teach theory. And so knowing I did that as a kid, knowing as if, if I work super hard, like, you know, on the court, in the weight room, at practice and do the best that I can and try not to bitch and whine and complain, which I did my fair share of that as a young person. I'm not trying to claim that I didn't. Um, but if I really worked hard and not just like in practice, but they saw me in the summertime while Jay's in the gym, he's lifting and he's shooting for hours and hours and hours and hours. He's practicing, he's putting in the work. They're willing to do the same thing too. I do the same thing for my business. If I'm not willing to work hard here, why are my, you know, team members here willing to work just, why are they going to work hard? Why is Jacob, Monica, the other Jacob and Matt and these guys and Travis going to do really awesome stuff for me if I'm not leading from the front? It'd be really hard to buy. It'd be really hard for me to buy into an organization or a team if I didn't see the head coach or the president or the CEO or the GM putting in the work as well. So that's what I do. And again, all of that learned from sports. The other thing, teamwork, obviously, without a doubt, and not just specifically teamwork, but the power of a community and the power of what a community and a team can do. And all the sports that I played through my life were all team sports. Uh, no individual stuff, even the, like bowling, uh, which I got into for a long time. Uh, you know, you're still part of a team. Yeah, it's, you're, you're individually out there like throwing the ball, but you're still uh, part of a team as you go there. And I learned the importance of like what a team can do together. Um, and again, I didn't play on a million great teams. Um, I, I was fortunate to play in a handful of really good teams. And uh, there's a huge difference, you know, the the camaraderie, uh, the common goal, the common task, you sometimes sacrificing something of yourself for the greater good of everybody else. And it taught me how to balance, you know, people, 
how to balance different personalities for sure, um, how to make friends, how to solve problems both on and off the field and work with different walks of life. And like I said, if you're if you're never in a in a team in a, in a setting like that with sports where you're traveling with a group of guys and it's, you know I'm fortunate enough to be in college living with a group of guys with people from all over America sometimes uh, we had a dude from Spain in our team outside of America uh, it really opens your eyes and, and it teaches you about different cultures and different ecosystems and different neighborhoods and how different kids were raised and how they grew up and how they learned sports and whether it was like from you know two parents or one parent or no parents it's uh it was very eye-opening, <clears throat> but it teaches you to work with people who are vastly different from you. They grew up in a different state or a different country. They grew up with a bunch of money or with no money, or they grew up like you and they were broke or whatever it may be. Um, but I really did learn how to work with other personalities and see what makes other people tick, what drove them, what people were selfish, what people were giving, what they were willing to give up and not willing to give up. Uh, it's an important thing, and I think if you if you learn that at eight playing baseball, you can take that at your corporate job when you're 28. So again, there's many things that parallel sports and fitness that you will take with you in real life when you're far beyond your playing days, which for most people ends at probably 18 years old. If you're super lucky in a very small percentage, you're going to play till you're probably 22, 23. And if you're in the freak category, you know, God willing, you could play till like Monaco works for me. Her husband played professional basketball. Um, I think he just probably hung it up last year, the year before. And he's like 36, 37 years old. And that's a freak anomaly. But he's 37. He still has another one or two lifetimes left to live and work with people. But the things that he learned from sports and like I learned from sports is going to transfer over and carry over. And I think a lot of times kids can learn that. And that's where you build that really important foundation. And it teaches you to do things that a lot of other people who maybe didn't play sports and didn't immerse themselves in it don't have yet. The other thing with sports and with fitness and, and bodybuilding in general, uh, the amount of self-control you learn. And that this comes down, you know, it ties in with the delayed gratification. But when you are really trying to excel at sports and you're trying to be better than just good, you're trying to be great or phenomenal or reach the level of mastery, um, it's scary uh, how much self-control you can have over yourself um, compared to normal people in society and their activities. And after being, you know, myself, a person who grew up, you know, drinking booze and doing drugs and eating shit, um, to change gears and to teach yourself how to eat properly, how to limit or completely cut out alcohol and stop doing drugs and being addicted to things that are dragging your life down, and how you can balance, you know, now my social life with my work life and my fitness life, I learned that I can absolutely, you know, be a balance, you know, and balance is different for all of us. You know, my balance to you guys probably seems crazy. And for some of you, like, man, your life is nuts. Uh, but it works for me. And I love my process and I love what I do and I love the craft of it. So I can absolutely have a balance, you know, with self-control in the things that I want to do. And again, I will always struggle with, uh, you know, being an all or nothing person, having an addictive personality, I understand that. But you learn a level of self-control when you play sports and when you're in fitness or you're into something like bodybuilding and changing your physique and how you look and how you move and how you feel. There's a level of self-control that's learned there that I don't think a lot of people can be taught otherwise. Either you kind of have it or you don't. But when you're forced to do it, when you're forced to say, you know, I can't eat that today. I have to delay the gratification for something else. That's a level of self-control that you have that very few people do because most people crack every single day. And I've said this before on probably 20 other podcasts, very few adults will go three days in their adult life and eat just proteins, 
green vegetables and healthy fats and not drink booze and not eat any processed shit out of a bag or a box. And I know that sounds insane, but think about it. How many friends do you know who three days in a row will do something like that? They'll make, if they eat three times a day, they're going to make all three meals and it's going to have all real food in it and they're not going to drink alcohol and they're not going to eat sugary bullshit. Very few people do that because why? They lack the self-control and they're not willing to delay the gratification of drinking booze or eating a donut or cookie five days from now. They have to have it now. Again, it's the microwave culture. And I think if you play sports and you're into fitness and you're really trying to change your body, you will have battles with yourself. You'll sell yourself on why you should or shouldn't do something. But there's a level of self-control that's learned there. And I learned it very on early on uh, playing sports. And I think that's why I've carried it with me through today. And I've taken that skill that I learned at 12 that I wasn't great at 12 with it. But give it 20 years. Give it 10 years. Give it 5 years. You're going to refine the skill and over and over and over again. You're going to have a level of self-control over the things that you think, the things that you say, the things that you do when you wake up, when you go to sleep, what you eat, what you drink, that very few people will ever have. And if I didn't play sports, I don't think I would have it to this level today. Honestly, I don't think I would have it at all. Um, and, and to being completely honest, not to get like super serious, it's, um, I probably would be, you know, dead somewhere, honestly, or like just be stuck in a factory, um, you know, working a normal nine to five, getting off work, just drinking beer, uh, watching TV and movies and, you know, saying, you know, poor me and wondering why my life wasn't in a better place. And I think it, that's why I, I, I think life is so precious. I really do. And I value my time so much, but I think we can all, you know, Life is funny because I think you can take a different fork in the road at a million points in your life and you never know which one's going to be the right one. You never know what's going to be the one conversation that saved you. And I think, you know, you can always, you can maybe get into the wrong car one day and your whole life changes. You can, you know, go to the wrong party one time and something goes completely wrong. Like you can, you know, show up. There's just so many factors that go. And when I think about my life and I look back and like 97 different instances, like if I got in that car versus that car, if I stayed at that party versus leaving that party, um, it could be completely different. But the one thing that saved me was sports, you guys. Knowing that the fear of if I got caught in this place with these people, if I got caught doing this here, um, even if I wanted to do it because I was young and dumb and stupid and you think you're invincible and, and until you get touched, you really don't understand you know, how how much you have to lose. And I think we're, we're all young and stupid. And we don't really realize how long our life is and how much we do have to lose and how many people we have to disappoint uh, if we fuck up and do something different. The point of me sharing that is if I didn't play sports, I wouldn't have had that fear of I couldn't play basketball anymore. I won't be able to play baseball anymore. If I do this, I'm going to get caught and be suspended for two weeks or kicked off the team or kicked out of school. And that saved me. Um, and that, I guess, played into my level of self-control. And I think of the same thing now um, because temptation is in the world for everything, for all of us. We all have different wants and needs and things. And anytime I think of something, I'm like, I've, I've dedicated the last, you know, better part of 15 years of my life to doing this and building up myself uh, to be this person, to help people, to speak to them, to talk to them, to work with them. And I have too much to lose to throw it away over some stupid shit. And that just comes down to you having enough self-dedication, enough self-control to see things through. And again, delaying gratification for a, a bigger picture and a bigger purpose and sacrificing for the team. And that's how I think of it. I think of this as our community uh, as a team, not just the people who work with me, and but our clients, our athletes, and all of you guys out there who are literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of you who listen. And, and I appreciate that. So, Sports is where I came from. Next one, uh, I touched on this briefly, the internal motivation, and that's what sports teaches you. Um, use it in sports, use it in fitness, use it in business, use it in your personal life, uh, any personal development stuff. Again, nobody makes me read 100 books a year. 
Nobody makes me pop on right now at 7.40 p.m. on a Tuesday when I've been up since 3.50 in the morning to do a podcast. I'm choosing to do this. No one's going to force me to go push a sled after this, you know, for the next. I'm probably going to do a sled push for 15 straight minutes. And I'm going to go loaded, unloaded. And that's what I'm going to get into. Nobody's making me do that. Nobody's making me when I go home, stop at the grocery store to grab eggs and chicken sausage and cauliflower rice and make it. I'm choosing to do that of my own free will. I'm internally motivated to do that. Now, I have external motivators for sure that might drive me because I can see the bigger picture if I eat that way and I go train here and I drop this podcast, but nobody's doing it. So I would imagine most people who are entrepreneurial type people probably played sports at some point in their life or they had some type of uh, skill set that was instilled in them because there's no rules to this. And just like when you're a kid and you're playing sports and you're in between seasons and it's the off season, nobody's making you go practice. That's coming from somewhere. Um, nobody's making me show up to work here. Nobody's making the work schedule. This is all self-motivated. It's all internally motivated and self-directed stuff. And I have to believe it was ingrained in me from a young age of just playing sports and wanting to be better and wanting to improve and understanding if I practiced at something. And I refined the skills and I listened and I watched and I became friends with people who were better than me and competed with them. I, in turn, would get better. That's all self-driven stuff learned from sports. Uh, One of the other big ones, inspiration. Uh, Inspiration is a real thing. And I think sometimes for most people it's fleeting. And I think inspiration is kind of like motivation. It's kind of like a shower and like flossing your teeth. You got to do it every day for it to be effective. I mean, I guess you could go every other day, but again, eventually your teeth would rot. You'd smell like a dumpster. So I believe every day is kind of the scenario. And I found, you know, for me, just trying to become re-motivated and re-inspired every single day. And I'm just like you. There's days where we don't want to do stuff. Even 25 minutes ago, I feel like I didn't want to push a sled. And I'm like, eh, I'm kind of jacked to do it. Hey, because I made a, a, a public you know, declaration here to you guys. But it's obviously because I know what the payoff's going to be. But I always found my biggest inspiration from the, the simplest stuff. Um, from people I idolized, especially in sports. Like, you know, I was a Michael Jordan fan in my whole life. Like, he's the GOAT. Um, I love, like, watching Shaq. I love watching Barkley, David Robinson, Larry Bird, Magic. Like, all the, all the greats, you know. Um, you know, pretend when I'm a kid growing up, they're having like the home run race when I'm younger. So like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, regardless of drugs or not, it was entertaining to watch. And you pretended you were them when you were playing baseball and playing sports. Or when we would play like street football, if you're on defense, you pretend you're Deion Sanders, you know, because like Deion was the man, you know, he's like human highlight reel, like running kicks back, interceptions, everything. Or you, I, I'm a, I grew up in Minnesota. So like we would be in the street. And my best friend Connor would be the quarterback, and I'd be Randy Moss. You know, he'd be, you know, Culpepper, he'd be Randall Cunningham or whoever it was, and I'd be Moss. And you'd pretend to be those people because you idolized them because they were doing these amazing physical things that most people couldn't do. And they were super successful at it. And uh, that stuff drove me. And and I carry it over to this day, not that I, I look at people in the same way because I don't, but I get inspired and motivated by people doing good people I see being successful. And when I mean being successful, people who are happy and people who are helping other people. I get motivated by sometimes just a song, uh, just some, sometimes by comments from you guys on iTunes or like from Inst- I mean, the amount of Instagram DM messages I get from you guys is unreal. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. They all, I try to apply to every single one. If I can, if I miss you, I apologize, but they do motivate me and inspire me to keep doing the things that we're doing. And the, the messages we get from here from our people, the thank yous, um, it, it is real. And sometimes it's as simple as listening to a song to get motivated, watching a YouTube video to get inspired, to get motivated, watching Rocky four as he beats the shit out of Drago. Um, any, whatever your thing is, then just find that. But I realized, you know, it was a cool thing. 
Um, and being inspired by other people lit a fire inside of me and they said, well, hey, if they're being that to me, maybe someday I can be that for somebody else. And not that I go out there and I don't need the accolades. I don't need the messages. I don't need the shine. I don't want to be famous. It's actually the exact opposite. I would be much, my natural personality, you guys, would be much more of me, just like the guy that nobody knows, but is worth 20 million bucks. I would much rather be that guy than be, be the person that I am today, um, but I understand that I guess my gift and my craft and my calling is not that, and that would be selfish of me to do that. So as a kid, I'm like, well, if I'm jacked up by watching Michael Jordan play basketball, maybe someday somebody, some little kid will be jacked up by watching me play basketball, or... If I think Arnold is amazing and he's great, maybe one day I can be that version of it for somebody else on a smaller scale. If me living a healthy lifestyle, if me being having a fit body, if me eating right, if me saying, you know, positive things to them, if me writing a book that can help them, then I can do that for someone else. And the casket effect you have by inspiring people and motivating them is pretty powerful. And I feel very blessed and fortunate enough to live in a world with the internet and us to be able to have podcasts and do all this amazing cool shit to hopefully inspire and motivate or at least drive you guys to keep going and or at least give you something to listen to when you're in your car or on your treadmill or walking your dog for that matter. So um, probably the last couple ones that I learned that failure is real. Uh, losing and loss is real and it's a part of life and you can let it bury you or you can let it plant you, which I've talked about before and you can use it as like a, a learning tool to grow from or you can let it just crush you and you can die from it. But I think for most people, that's why I'm not a huge fan of like the culture now that we do with like every kid wins and every kid gets a trophy and we don't keep score. I just think it's complete horseshit. Um, And I'm not trying to give kids complexes by losing and getting them beat down, but that's real life. Like the real world's not fair and everything isn't even. Like we're not all created exactly equal at everything across the board. Now, if you want to say like all humans are created equal, I'm cool with that. But like genetically, like LeBron and I are not created equal. I don't know, like if you want to feed yourself that horseshit, you can believe it. But like Tom Brady and me at playing quarterback in the NFL are not created equal. We just aren't. Like there's just real things. Like my wife is way better at me at like 97 things and I'm way better at her at 96 other things. It's just the reality of it. Um, and you learn that in sports. You learn that from playing on. Like I remember like being – God, we're at like the national tournament for like AAU basketball. And I had to been like, were we 14 under? And I'm like 13 and I'm probably like five foot, you know, 10, like 140 pounds. And I remember like kids were dunking. And that was like the moment where you're like, oh shit, we are not the same. This kid is six foot six and he's cramming it down. I am not that. And you learn about losing and you learn about failing and you learn about, you know, talent is real. You learn about genetics are real. You learn about some people have certain gifts you don't have and that's real. And sometimes the answer is they're just better. And that's it, man. Like you just like, hey, they're more athletic. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. They play better as a team. They just beat your ass. And you learn that at 12. You learn that at 13. You learn that at 14 that, you know, you're not always going to win. You're not always going to be the best. Sometimes you're going to actually be the worst. And that's a real thing. And I think if we don't teach that early on, it's really hard to swallow when you're 18, 19, 22, 25, 36, and you're still struggling with it because you never learned it at seven. You never played baseball at 10 when some kid's throwing 70 miles an hour and you're like, holy shit, what is this? I'm used to the other kids, you know, hammed in at 40 and I'm great. But when you get against some studs, man, you start to learn like, and that's business. That's education. That's school. You guys, if I didn't learn that in sports at like 10, 
I would have got to high school and been like, how are all these kids smarter than me and getting better grades than me? I would have have been demoralized and crushed by it. But I'm like, I just understood. I'm like, this is just like playing sports. Like some of these kids are super, super smart. They're going to go to Duke. I'm not a Duke type of guy. So it's like you learn that in sports and in fitness and in competing and bodybuilding, the same thing. The only difference there is like you're training the physical body. You're making it look the best that it can for you, for your genetics, for your, you know, insertion and origin points, for, for your muscle bellies, for your symmetry, for your size, for your conditioning. And you just do the best that you possibly can. And that's all we can ask of anything in sports, in business, in school, in life, in bodybuilding, in competing. It's all you guys competing against you and doing the best you can do. And you get on stage and you look the best you possibly can. But you know what? Some dude genetically just might be better. He might be able to eat a little bit shittier than you. He might be able to train a little bit less than you. He might be able to get by in a little bit less sleep than you. And he just might be symmetrical. He just might be a little bit thicker and a little bit better conditioned. And that's just life. And you learn those things by competing and playing sports and fitness. And there's there's truths in that. And if you learn those things early on and you take them with you, I think you're going to have a pretty well-rounded, you know, I guess, viewpoint of the world. And you'll be in touch with reality. And you have a level of self-awareness that very few people really have as they move through life because they forget and sometimes people just forget and you learned it again have you ever played sports uh and competed you learned all these things you might have forgot them you might have not let them sink in you might not have thought back as much as i have and reverse engineered it but it's real um and that's just the reality of it like sometimes people are just better and sometimes people are going to get a different opportunity than you they might have their parents might have had more money they might have had better coaches. They might have put their kid in a better system. They might have been with a better team. And they started off on third base, and you started off at home plate. And that's just the cards you're dealt. It's no different than the person who their family was born in Laguna Beach. And mine was born in, in nowhere, Minnesota, with no money and no resources. And their family's house is worth $3 bucks, And my family's house is worth $120K. Like, that's just the reality, man. And, like, you have to be able to accept that. And I think... If you're never competing and never playing sports and you're always taught that everybody wins and everybody's the same and everybody's even, uh, we're really doing ourselves, our kids, our people, like a huge disservice in life. And uh, the one thing it taught me is this with sports and fitness in general, for that matter, building up the physical body. Um, and I knew this from early on. I was not a, I'm not a genius. IQ-wise, I am not. Um, but I knew if I really worked my ass off, if I really worked hard, I could make up huge gaps in the work and I could, you know, eventually graduate college with honors, even though I was nowhere near as smart of a lot of people. And I honestly, I think this in high school, my grades were terrible. I just didn't give a shit. I punted it. I was just trying to play sports and get by. And then in college, I realized I came in sports is almost done. You probably should graduate and uh, end up getting, you know, a higher GPA than I can promise you probably, you know, thousands of other people who were naturally way smarter than me. I just fucking outworked them. I just put in an insane, ridiculous amount of effort to be able to leapfrog them and get past where they were. And it wasn't, it's nothing about competing against them. It's just how far could I push my, I guess, you know, genetic IQ limits and how smart could I be? And you learn that in sport. Early on, you suck and you're not good. And you know, if you practice and somebody is, even if they're more talented than you and they're more athletic and they're more gifted, if you work ridiculously hard, I mean, like at a breakneck pace that most people would think is insane. You can actually become better than that person and you can leapfrog them and you can maximize your potential and actually probably, I guess, even exceed, you know, what most people think is possible for their life. But it's by you putting in the work and sports teaches you that fitness teaches you that. And the reason I say there's truths in fitness, you guys, that don't exist in a lot of places in the world is because you can't buy this. You can do all the plastic surgery you want. 
you can get the best coaches, you can do the best anything, but you have to eat the food. You have to actually do the sets. You actually have to do the reps. You actually have to educate yourself a little bit. You have to probably track the macros. You have to get a decent amount of sleep. You have to be willing to make certain sacrifices that other people won't make. So it doesn't matter what neighborhood you grew up in. It doesn't matter what your parents did or didn't do. It doesn't matter what anybody taught you. It doesn't matter, you know, and obviously I know genetics are real, but again, if, if somebody has great genetics, but they don't put in any effort whatsoever and you have shit genetics, but you work your face off and you're diligent with what you eat and how you sleep and how you train and you do it consistently. And that's the key doing it consistently day in and day out for three, five, seven, nine, 12, 15 years, you'll be in amazing shape and you'll have an amazing life. And it doesn't matter how much money you have because you can't buy that shit. You can't shortcut it. There is no hack to it. It's just you versus you. And that's the thing. And that's what successful people do. They're willing to put in the work that most people aren't willing to put in. And the reason that I am this person today is everything I learned in this is from sports and from fitness. And I've applied all those same principles to my personal finances, to my business finances, to my businesses, to my, you know, my marriage with my wife and to every relationship with every person I have. And it all comes back to just me playing sports. And that's why I say it was the greatest gift that I ever had was being able to be physically active and having some, you know, I guess, you know, physical, you know, talents and, and physical gifts to be able to take that and roll with that and ride with it. And it set me up for a level of success that I don't think I would have had. So that is what sports and fitness and bodybuilding and life in general has taught me. It's the, they're basically it's the foundations of everything I am as a human. That's why I do believe in fitness so much. If you're coming here just to get sweaty and work out and you're following me and listening to me and you're buying our stuff just for the exercises. I appreciate it and it's cool and we'll take the money and I think it's awesome. But there's a lot more that I'm willing to share and to give inside of that that I think can help you beyond just the physical body. And I'll say this too, even if you follow us just for the workouts and just for the fitness and you think that's all it is, that's fine. I can't tell I can't I can't judge you um, for what you want to get out of it. It's you know we're a service business so you get out of it what you choose to but if you're just in it for the fitness and the activity, what I'll say is this, start to learn some things about yourself uh, during the workouts that we share, whether that be finishers or marathon type stuff or, you know, loading things or Metcon things, whatever it may be. Uh, and if, if you're fortunate enough to come here and train with me sometime in our miserable Sunday group or in our normal group training stuff or where your local gym is at or if you follow us online, whatever it is, start to, you know, see how deep of waters you can take yourself mentally. And I think that's what it comes down to is all these things that you learn through the physical body, through sports and through fitness, it's, there's a mental aspect to it too. It creates a mental toughness that people who never went through it, I don't think have. Meaning we say it here, especially when the workouts get tough, like how deep of waters can you go in? You know, are you willing to swim out two feet and do 20 minutes on the assault bike? Are you willing to swim out 200 yards and do, you know, 40 cows on the assault bike in a minute? Or are you willing to go out in the middle of the ocean? and push 60 plus calories in the amount in the assault bike. Now, obviously physical limitations are going to dictate some of that stuff. And I'm just using the assault bike as the example. But my point is, is like during these workouts, it just comes down to how much can you take? How much pain can you take in a small amount of time? And I don't mean like pain, like physical injury. I just mean like you pushing yourself or that be speed, tempo, load, whatever it is. And like, how much are you willing to push that? You know, and again, I'm not saying pain, like you're injuring yourself. I get so much flack for this. I'm saying pain, like what's your pain threshold? Like, what's your pain tolerance for like, you know, how high can my heart rate get? How bad can I let my quads burn? How many reps am I willing to squeeze in in this minute? Like, am I willing to push it to that next level to be, you know, laying on the floor for maybe two or three minutes because I have to recover? Like, how deep of waters am I willing to take myself into? 
And I would never be able to do something like hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim if I wasn't taking myself to what I call like, you know, your pain cave basically is what it is. Like how deep of waters are we willing to tread out to, you know, when we can't even see shore anymore and really push our physical body. And that's where great change happens. We can all work out and, you know, give the muscle stimulus and we can sweat and we can move and we can push ourselves a little bit and we can look a certain way and we can learn some things from that. But it's in those kind of sink or swim moments where we learn a lot of shit about ourselves. And it's the same thing with sports. It's in those crucial moments. Some people are built for crunch time. Some people aren't. Some people are built to like really, you know, push the limits and exhaust themselves. Some people are not, but you don't really, how do you even know if you don't take yourself there? Now I'm not saying like, you know, the end of my Grand Canyon hike when I'm like ragged on at like a 90 year old in a fucking stroller up this mountain, you know, about, you know, two minutes from falling off the edge because I'm so exhausted and tired. But that taught me something about myself. Like if I'm, if I can do this, like on one leg, exhausted and tired and run down, I can get through any fucking workout here. Like I can do lunges for two hours for sure. If I can hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim in 10 hours or less, like I for surely can do anything that's laid out for me here. So my point is that sports, fitness, they teach a lot of things in life. Like if I can do that, you know, and be damn near be delirious in, in completing it. Or if I can do, you know, row a 5K, ski a 5K and do 200 assault bike cows in less than 58 minutes. I can return 56 emails in the next hour. Like my point is this, you guys, there's a lot of things you can take from the area of sports and fitness and competing and apply to other areas of your life, whether that be your marriage, whether that be your finances or anything else. I think if you're amazing at one thing, you can be really good at a lot of other things. And I don't mean if you don't have a talent for it, obviously no, but what I'm talking about is basic life shit. Like if you can be a great teammate with your sports team, you can be a great teammate at your job. If you can be a great teammate at your with your sports team, you can be a great husband. You can be a great wife. You can be a great brother, a great sister, a great family member. You can be a great friend. And those are all those skills I learned in sports. And that's molded me into the person I am today. So any the way I treat my friends and family and the people here is how I treat my teammates. It's all the same. And I feel like we're a team. I feel like we're a community. And that's where I learned everything. Now, obviously, your mom and dad teach you some basic shit along the way. Um, and they're ultimately, you know, you're, you're probably your greatest two coaches. So however fucked up you are or aren't, um, you can thank them for probably some of it. But I do think the friends you have, uh, the coaches you have, the teachers you have, the mentors you have, they do shape you. And uh, I was never really a school person. I was just terrible at it and I hated it and it gave me anxiety every step of the way. So I always relied on sports um, and fitness and competing to be the thing that I could gain confidence from, I could excel at, I could be better at, and the thing that I could, you know, I guess kind of, you know, contribute something of value to other people. So where they would in turn give me praise back. And that's probably why I love it to this day. Um, I love doing team stuff. I love, you know, just being active and having fun. Um, because really, I'm, I'm the same 12 year old now. Um, still just trying to compete. Still just trying to have fun. Still trying to be part of a team. And basically, I just took my 12 year old life. And I turned it into my 35-year-old life here. And it's, uh, it, it, it's worked out for me pretty well. And so hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. It, it's literally just all the things that I learned from sports and fitness and life. And there's a lot of truths to it. And uh, you can really challenge yourself. You can test yourself. But it can make you a better person. That's why when we talk about fitness, it's the physical, the mental, the spiritual, and the emotional side of it. Because they're all wrapped up into one. You learn a lot about yourself when you push your physical body mentally what you can take. Emotionally how it made you feel. And if you can get a spiritual aspect around it. Um, sky's the limit, dude. It really is. I mean, 
and, and I don't mean just mean like in a, you know, when you're, you know, doing a marathon row and you're having like a come to Jesus moment because you're like, holy shit, can I just please get off this fucking rower? Um, but I mean like in, in a deeper sense. So you just learn a lot about yourself and, and what you're willing to do and what you're willing to go through and what you're willing to give up. And if you guys have done that at all physically in sports, whether it be like a hike or a swim or a bike or as a kid in high school and college, whatever, when you're competing, it, it's probably very similar to how you live your life today with your friends and family and your coworkers. And if it's not, if you're great at sports, but you suck at your job, if you're great at sports, but you suck in your relationship, reverse engineer right now. Take some of those same things that made you a great athlete, that made you a great teammate, and apply them to the other areas of your life. I'm sure there's one or two hacks that maybe you forgot along the way or maybe you're not doing that you could put into play today to live a pretty awesome, badass life. Um, that's all I did. I just took one thing. And I'm not that smart, you guys. Uh, so I, I just I keep it pretty basic and pretty black and white. But I took the one or two things I did amazing as an athlete, and uh, I applied it to everything else in my entire life. And I've created an ecosystem in a life that's made me pretty happy. And uh, hopefully, you guys can do the same. So if you guys are on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop us a five star. Leave a comment. I truly do appreciate it. And share this podcast with your friends and family if you think you can help them whatsoever. Um, I truly would appreciate it. It means the world to me. If we provide any value to you guys at all, um, give it a share. And if you guys are on YouTube, thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you. you. Know all the podcasts are on YouTube as well as all of our Instagram videos. And again, if you guys aren't, if you're asking like, hey Jeremy, do you have a mobility video? Hey Jeremy, do you have a Q and A video? Type in on right now on Google, Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube. Subscribe. There's like 750 videos on there. They're all free for you guys. You can grab them anytime. We share tons of workout stuff. Again, like I said, all of our Instagram stuffs on there. All the podcasts are on there, and we share little bits and pieces of pretty much every program we've ever created here, from finishers to full workouts to body part-specific stuff to my top you know, 50 ab exercises, my top 50 back exercises, whatever it is, uh, we throw it on there. It's just a nice free resource for you guys to have when you're in a pinch and maybe you want an idea or if you're bored at work and you want to pop up your computer and watch me talk to you uh, on screen as well. So. Uh, anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, hit me up. Let me know. I have a guest podcast tomorrow I'm doing for somebody. I don't even know if I have it here written down, but I am doing a guest podcast. Um, uh, Ryan Gallagher is going to have me on his podcast tomorrow. I don't even have the name. How terrible is that? Um, I think it's like the Mental Edge podcast, something like that. I'll share it with you guys when I'm on there. He's doing an interview with me. And then later this week, I think we have the people from like uh, Hit Burn coming on, I believe, Friday. I think it's Kelsey and her husband, which I'll share that with you guys as well. But again, anybody else you guys want to hear on the podcast, hey, do you want to get so-and-so as a guest? Uh, they're definitely in our hood and they fit what I'm trying to do and we do and we vibe. I'm happy to have them on. And then we'll do another Q&A series too here later this week, which I'll ask some requests from you guys and try to answer your questions specifically. So other than that, uh, it is about 8 p.m. right now. Holy shit, it's getting late. I need to go push a sled to put myself through a little bit of misery, see how willing... I am to go in the deep waters tonight and where my pain cave is at. And uh, hopefully you guys do the same. You know, get out, be active, and, and, you know, just keep kind of doing everything you guys need to be doing. But if you need something from me, just please ask. Shoot me a DM, email. I'm happy to get on that. And until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.